Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. All right, welcome to an episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. I'm your host, Armando Crespo. You can follow me at Thunder Crespo and follow us us at eat sleep ff um with me today is my friend jose what's up jose all right uh i don't have anyone else here it's just me i was gonna try and do a two-man pod with my um alternate identity my uh uh, code switching not gonna do that uh i don't think that's a good idea um so i'm just gonna do a quick mailbag episode we have a private group and um you can buy into it and we answer questions on there. You also post your questions. So uh, we're going to try and answer all the questions we got this um, this post. Thanks to Dale. He posted on our group chat. And uh, the first question is, uh, Carl asks, drunk dial or drunken text? First and foremost, fuck you, Carl. Don't text us and don't call us, please. He does this every night at midnight. He uh, wakes our wives up on Facebook messaging us. So uh, I've deleted Facebook Messenger because of Carl, and I think the rest of the group has because he keeps doing it. But if you had to do one, it's text. So fuck you, Carl. Fuck you. Um, Patrick Slayers asks, can we trust Allen Robinson moving forward? Um, and it's a two-part question. His second one is start two or three, A-Rob, Curtis Samuel, or Robert Woods. I'm going to say you can trust Allen Robinson going forward. In PPR formats, half point and standard, I think he's going to get a lot of work. He is the best receiver in the, on that team. Um, he doesn't have an amazing schedule going forward. He does have a couple tougher matchups. Um, so he's going against Dallas, Detroit, Giants. He has a couple of good matchups, actually, in Kansas City. So that's not terrible. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's fine as a wide receiver three and flex play and definitely in PPR. I don't know how I feel about him in standard. He's I think he's more touchdown dependent. Um, he only has three on the season, so that's another thing, but he does have 532 yards, 47 receptions. So he's okay. I just, if you can trade him or flip him, I would, but if you're playing PPR, I think he's fine. He's not going to lose you the game. If that makes any sense. Um, if you had to pick of the two of the three, I'm going to go Curtis Samuel and a Rob Robert Woods is not involved enough in that offense. And Curtis Samuels has that boom potential where Robert Woods has nothing going for him right now. Um, yeah, I don't, I think he's droppable in almost all formats. Uh, not dynasty and deep, deep uh, teams that you have to have like eight wide receivers. He's fine for like a fifth flex play. But uh, yeah, Robert Woods, in my opinion, is cuttable. You know, I don't know how bold that is, um, but I would definitely consider that idea if there's someone better or even a defense at this point in the season. If you're in the playoffs, like you said, you're going to say your next question. I think he's um, definitely one of the guys that would appear in my chopping block. So Patrick actually has another question. What would be a good trade target for Marlon Mack? Okay, so this is kind of a tough question because I don't know your roster build, but if you're trading a running back, it's probably good to get a running back in return. So if you're thinking a one-for-one, I mean, you're going to be looking to buy low or buy high on a player. And if you're looking for something like that, I mean, you can definitely get Marlon Mack for Le'Veon Bell. I know he's a little banged up, but he has a good schedule going forward. 
and he has a lot more upside than other running backs. Jordan Howard has been on fire, and I don't think it's going to go away. He has an amazing playoff schedule. Um, he's currently a 16th running back, and he plays Miami, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. Those are his last four games this season. Um, so if you are looking to be a little bold and a little crazy, Jordan Howard, maybe even a Miles Sanders and something else will be good. Um, I imagine they're going to try and get Miles Sanders more involved as the season progresses, but if you're looking to buy low or buy high, I mean, those are the two guys that I would definitely consider. Um, if you want to go even a little crazier, I mean, David Montgomery has been really good. You might be trying to buy a little high on him. He's on fire. I'm not sure if they'll part with him, but you know, he's currently ranked lower than um, Jordan Howard. So maybe someone's a little nervous. They want to try and sell him. His schedule isn't great. He plays Dallas, Green Bay, and Kansas City in the season. But, uh, yeah, he's got the Giants in there and uh, the, um, the Rams. So it's not terrible. So those are a couple of guys that I would consider trading for. I hope that helps. If you're going for wide receivers, I mean, I hope you're really deep at running back uh, to make a trade like that. But, I mean, I would consider someone like DJ Chark or maybe the DeAndre Hopkins owner is getting a little scared and you can get DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I really like Quill and Sutton. He's coming off a bye. They're gonna have a new quarterback. Anything's better than Joe Flacco. So maybe you can do, you know, Quill and Sutton and something else. Your running backs are more valuable. So maybe you could do like Quill and Sutton and Miles Sanders. Um, something like that. I would look at scheduling. Scheduling right now for me is the biggest thing. And if you have any scrub on your team, cut them for a good defense. Uh, Pittsburgh is one of my top ones right now for the playoffs. Um, so David Ogburn has a, another question. What do you do with AJ Green? Try and trade him or what? Um, I've tried trading him. Nobody wants him. Uh, I don't know if you read the news, but now he's out indefinitely. So I think it's time to cut him. Uh, if you try and find someone who's not paying attention to the news or doesn't have sleep bot and, you know, send him for Sanu, that's my, that's who I've been targeting. Someone like Sanu, someone who has maybe Josh Gordon, a little bit of upside or someone that needs like a, a, play, a team that has a great team that's going to be in the playoffs and they have some extra depth and they want some high upside for the playoffs. Something You can try and get someone off that roster to, you know, because right now AJ Green is completely zero value for the rest of the redraft season. Obviously in Dynasty and Keeper, he has a ton of value, but for redraft, he is useless. Uh, Stephanie Ski asked, best fantasy question? A best fantasy question is no question because then I don't have to do this episode. Um, if tomatoes are fruits... Is ketchup a smoothie? Well, the thing about smoothies is I don't think you usually add sugar to it. Um, so with ketchup, there's a ton of other added preservatives to it because you don't just blend tomatoes, right? You have to and make ketchup. You have to add sugar. You have to add, I think you add like a balsamic vinegar or some sort of vinegar. I can't remember what it is. So technically, it's not a smoothie because you're not adding uh, other fruit things to it and you're not it's not all natural maybe i don't know it's a sugar thing that kind of throws me off with the smoothie i think smoothies are supposed to be healthy and i don't think it is um so (laughs) this sorry that was way too much into the ketchup part um would you rather have dicks for arms or an extra arm where your dick is so thanks richard for that question um i would not rather have dicks for arms because then what if one what if they get hard at the same time? Then you have to go. It's dangerous. And then you have no way of using them. Like, and you're alone. Like, there's no way to, if you know what I'm getting at, what do you do with the two dicks? So it's definitely not the two dicks. And if you're putting your dick, another arm where your dick is, do you still have a dick? Does it go somewhere else? Is it going to be on my thigh? If then, then that's great. You know, it can wear special pants and 
Um, okay. Stephanie Ski asks, play two. Greg Olson, Tyler Boyd, Ty Johnson, Devontae Parker. You're playing Devontae Parker and you're playing Tyler Boyd. The high upside guys. Greg Olson has a very good chance of busting. And we know that Devontae Parker and Tyler Boyd have been consistent and heavily involved in the offense. T. Johnson is pretty much droppable, I would say, in literally every format minus something like an SFB super deep league. Um, so, yeah, it's not the... Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy question. Sorry, didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Brian Bruno says, streaming tight end. I have Jay Smith on Tennessee versus Casey, but he's but is he droppable this week for Geiske on Miami versus Indy? No. If Walker is out, you start Smith. Geiske had a one hit. He's been involved a little bit, but I don't think you can trust him. Is it Gasecki? I guess it doesn't matter because I'm alone on this episode and no one gives a fuck because I don't. Um, yeah, so I would go with uh, Smith. I think uh, Gasecki is a uh, is too much question marks. You want to have a win there. Um, so next question is Bilal Power or Ty Montgomery? Who's a handcuff to Bell? Um, so in my opinion, it is Bilal Powell. Um, Ty Montgomery is involved in the day to day when they play the game, but I do believe that Bilal Powell will be the number one RB if Bell goes down. I think you can trust that. Um, there isn't too much worry for me. I think Ty Montgomery is not a all down back at the change of pace guy. And I think he'll still be involved to probably have the same similar role if uh, bell goes down. Uh, yeah. So he's available in most leagues. Most people do own Ty Montgomery as a handcuff, which I think is kind of a mistake. Um, I have cut Ty Montgomery in all formats and I'm going after blow Powell, who's available widely because I hone bell in a few leagues. Um, Clinton can do answer that question online. What's Sony's value rest of season? Okay, that's a good question, Kyle. I think this is completely based off your belief on the New England Patriots running back scheme. Uh, with Rex Burkhead, he has kind with Rex Burkhead coming back, he kind of muddled the water a bit. I'll, actually, a lot. He's eating away at James White's value and Sonny Michelle. But like I said earlier. Sonny Michel has a great schedule going forward. You know he's going to carry the rock at least 15 times, and he's limitedly involved in the passing game, probably one or two targets a game. At this point, he started off hot with the passing game, but it has completely dwindled away to like two. Um, so I think having a running back that's involved that much is important. Rex Burkhead does eat away. I think moving forward, I would value Sonny Michel rest of season as an RB3, um, but I think his value will increase a lot more to an RB2 once the playoffs hit because of his schedule. Um, I'm very into looking at playoff schedules and how to target players that have a good schedule. Um, so that's something to look at. I do think that uh, if you can get Sonny Michelle for someone like Ty Johnson and another thing, I think Sonny Michelle will have better days. I don't think he's very valuable right now to anyone who owns him. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, fantasy playoff dark horse MVP. Um, so if you're talking about dark horse, I think that's kind of where Sonny, Sonny Michelle falls. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone of a, a handcuff, someone like a Bill Powell or a Tony Pollard or Wayne Gallimond. Um, with four weeks left in the season, I think it's a great time to get your handcuffs and hold on to them. Um, with every chance you can, cut the start cutting players, start trading away, start trading with players that have no real value to you and winning a championship because they are useless. Now is the time to start condensing your roster. You have four weeks left. People are trying to make a push. You've already made that push. So just trade away your depth and try and increase a couple of the players and then get your handcuffs right away. I own uh, all my handcuffs in all my leagues. I refuse to uh, 
be the guy who loses out on, you know, like Melvin Gordon last season, not have Justin Jackson, and you fucking lose a championship because of that bullshit. You know what I'm talking about. Um, Jamie Ibarra asks, Juju or D. Parker? This is full PPR. Ooh. This, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say Devontae Parker. I know that's a little crazy, and you can tell me to fuck off, um, but uh, most people will by the end of this episode. Um, yeah, I'm going towards Devontae Parker. He's heavily involved. Preston Williams is out, and Mark Walton is out. So everyone expects a huge increase for Devontae Parker. Um, I know John has hard on for Alan Hearns for whatever reason. There's a reason why he's in last place in our listener league. Um, and uh, yeah, J- and Jamie has another question. Calvin Ridley or John Brown? Um, I think you got to go John Brown right now. Um, he's a number one on that offense. If there is a one number one, he's currently in the top 15 wide receivers. Uh, Calvin Ridley is very good. And I think he's more talented than John Brown, but um yeah, I think John Brown's safer bet right now. Calvin really has been up and down. He has had great games, but he's also had bust and cost people games. Me. Um, and I just want to say that this episode was brought to you by FantasyGo.com and David, whoever the fuck David is. Dale's going to be mad that I said that. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Don't forget to follow us at Eat Sleep FF. And I hope you loved this episode because I sure didn't. Um, thanks for tuning in. And I love you all so much all right this is john chapman with eat sleep fantasy and what i wanted to do today is just take a quick step back and pay attention to the big picture okay so what we're going to do is we're going to do a real quick rundown of the top 10 at each position and then get into consistency rankings okay uh consistency rankings are any time a player has over 100 yards um, at their position or a touchdown a given week and figure out those percentages. So uh, just stay with us real quick. And what we're going to do is just fly through this, give a little bit of analysis and whatnot. Uh, all of our scoring is going to be PPR point per reception. But let's start with the quarterback position. And it's pretty interesting whenever you look at how it all plays out because, man, the number 10 quarterback in the NFL fantasy-wise, he's not going to be for long, is Garner Minshew. He's somebody that was able to come in, do extremely well right off the bat, but now he's going back to the bench. And in most leagues, Foles is available. Go get this guy. This is not their traditional um, Jacksonville offense where they're just, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Gardner Minshew had 307 pass attempts in nine games. They're throwing the ball. Uh, Go get Nick Foles wherever he is. Number nine, Kyler Murray. Uh, He comes in with 190 points. Again, that rushing yards helps so much. He has 313 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns uh, to make up for only nine passing touchdowns. You do not have to be a throwing quarterback in the fantasy football game to have value. You rushing yards are key. Number eight, Jameis Winston. Proof that you don't have to be a good quarterback to have fantasy relevance. 16 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Uh, they're, they're not going away from him. Uh, but, and the problem with Jameis Winston is you have to pay attention to the defense he is going against because um, he can put up zero numbers. Tom Brady, number seven. Very, very consistent. Not a lot of negative plays. And what makes Tom Brady so special, three rushing touchdowns those quarterback sneaks whenever they're on the half yard line after Sony Michelle can't punch it in um I do not value Tom Brady as a top 10 quarterback rest of season but uh, if you have them maybe you could trade them after this bye week who knows get something for him Matthew Stafford number six they are airing the ball out the old Matthew Stafford way if they would have pulled out a couple more victories Matthew Stafford would be talked about in the MVP candidate uh race but they lost a couple close ones got a tie um but he's playing a hell of a season so far Aaron 
Rodgers, number five overall quarterback. Goodness, uh, when he is on, he is on. Uh, but unfortunately, when he is off and the team is off, it gets bad quick. But Aaron Rodgers, number five. Dak Prescott, a big surprise, number four. Every single year he has been a quarterback. He has finished as a top ten fantasy quarterback, and it looks like that is going to continue the number four. The top three guys, probably no surprise. Lamar Jackson, holy cow, 637 yards. at the. <laughs> he's going to have – he's only played eight games, folks. He's halfway to 1,000 yards. He's past it. <laughs> He's going to have over 1,000 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter who he plays against, he puts up numbers. Uh, Deshaun Watson's number two, and these next two guys are kind of in a league of their own. 251.5 points for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, 251.6. One-tenth of a point is separating these two amazing players, leading the MVP candidate race, and the numbers are just amazing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 18 touchdown passes, 5 interceptions, 5 rushing touchdowns. Russell Wilson, 22 touchdowns, 1 interception, 3 rushing touchdowns. That is the um, quarterback position. Now, we're going to go a little bit quicker for our other ones, but I wanted to break those down. Here we go. Running back position. Number 10, Josh Jacobs. He's the real deal. He's a top 10 guy rest of season. Derrick Henry, number 9. Um, he's gotten the touchdowns. He's got the volume. He's even getting a little bit of passing work. Uh, you can buy low a little bit right now on Derrick Henry. I do think Ryan Tannehill makes him more valuable. Number eight, Chris Carson. Who would have guessed everybody else would have got hurt? Um, not sure he can sustain this, but as of now, Chris Carson is the guy in Seattle. They're not as run heavy as they were last year but still a lot of potential there. Ezekiel Elliott, number seven. That number's only going to go up. Uh, it's crazy he doesn't have that many carries whenever you look at the people that are in contention around him, but very, very efficient. Nick Chubb, number six. That one is the sell high. Uh, if you haven't sold him yet, we've been telling you to for a month. Um, he is only going to go down. Kareem Hunt's about to take away a lot of his touches. Leonard Fournette, number five overall. A little bit of a surprise, but um, we knew once the usage totals came out week one, week two, only a matter of time before this guy starts getting in the end zone. He's the number five overall um, running back with one touchdown. He's got one touchdown. One touchdown. But his usage totals are insane. He is a top three rest of season running back. Aaron Jones, number four. His passing game work is huge. Three receiving touchdowns. Austin Eckler, number three. Uh, he just keeps keeps catching the ball. He's got 55 receptions already at the midway point with five touchdowns. Um, but again, I do not think that he will be able to sustain that. Dalvin Cook, number two, um, who most years would be the all-out number one fantasy running back with the numbers he's putting up, nine rushing touchdowns, almost 900 total yards. But Christian McCaffrey, the creme de la creme, um, he is special, special, special. He is on pace for the greatest fantasy season in the history of football. LaDainian Tomlinson holds the overall all-time record, and Christian McCaffrey's on pace to break that. So that's the number one. Should have been the number one overall pick. And if you went Saquon, you're not upset about it, but, um, you know, it, it, we definitely said, you know, it, it's it's him. <laughs> it's it's Saquon or CMC. Anybody else that put another name in there, um, whether that was Zeke or whomever, you know, Alvin Kamara, that's fine. It should have been CMC or Saquon. So I, I got CMC in a lot of leagues and it has paid off very, very well.
Let's jump to the wide receiver position, number 10, Julio Jones, coming off a of bye week. He is getting into the end zone. Uh, he's already got four touchdowns. You know, he's not a big touchdown guy, but his yards are always key. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, number nine overall. He's had some huge games and some not-so-huge games, but he's getting in the end zone. Six touchdowns already. DJ Chark, yeah, just like we all thought. <laughs> 692 yards receiving, six touchdowns, and Nick Foles is coming back, which I think is only going to help him. Nick Foles can throw that deep ball very well. Julian Edelman, he's got 90 targets. <laughs> he's up in the NFL lead for targets. He's playing very, very well. DeAndre Hopkins, number six, despite not getting in the end zone, it does not matter. Buy low on Hopkins. He is, if I was redrafting right now, he would be the number two wide receiver behind only Michael Thomas. Uh, he's still got to be up there because of the quarterback play, because of the offense, and uh, he's getting all of the work. He just hasn't gotten the touchdowns, but once those come, um, he's going to be special. Chris Godwin, number five. Wow. Um, t the Tampa Bay Bucks have two guys in the top five, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is special. The problem is, because of Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston, sometimes these guys disappear. They're either the top wide receiver or sometimes even a goose egg. You know, Mike Evans put up a zero game, which hurts. Uh, he's very often on. Cooper Cup, number four. Um, he has five touchdown passes, 793 yards out of the slot position. And with Brandon Cooks injured, that is not going to change. Perhaps his volume goes up, which is hard to believe. Tyler Lockett, number three. Um, goodness, you know, he's been so efficient for fantasy owners. And we've always said all he needs is more volume. All he needs is more volume. Well, guess what? He's finally getting it. A top three option. Mike Evans is number two, who we just talked about. Seven touchdowns. Holy cow. And then Michael Thomas. Goodness, as safe as safe can be. Uh, he's got 73 receptions. He's five ahead of DeAndre Hopkins for the NFL lead. He catches everything, and he just got his quarterback back. It's only going to get better. <laughs> it is only going to get better. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. And yikes, this is gross, scary, ugh, yuck. PPR scoring number 10, Jason Witten. We knew the value was going to be there if you waited on tight end. And he's got a lot of receptions, 34 two touchdowns. Hunter Henry, despite missing um, you know, three games, he's only played five games. He's already up there. Darren Fells, yeah, just like we all thought, the touchdowns, six touchdowns, leading all tight ends. Currently, Mark Andrews, who got off to the hot start. He's calmed down a little bit, but still a lot of fantasy relevance. Evan Ingram, who's going to be missing this week. He's in at the sixth spot. Zach Ertz, a uh, very, very slow start, but the back-to-back -back huge games. He's at number five. George Kittle, number four. Only expect that to go up. Now, there is some possibility he could miss this game, but if he plays, you start him. Darren Waller, good Lord, 48 catches out of nowhere. New contract, showing everybody what he is. Travis Kelsey, number two, just like we all thought, and number Number one, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. He's got five touchdowns, 591 yards, 52 receptions, and I think his workload is only going to go up. With Mohamed Sanu gone, uh, that kind of affects the way it all goes, and it's going to continue for sure. Now, before I leave you guys alone for the next ESF tidbit, I want to make sure we talk about consistency. Okay, these are games with 100 plus yards from scrimmage or a touchdown. And you're going to find some shockers on here. Um, there are only three players and this. Eh, I want to say only two players because this one doesn't really count. It's what it is. But uh, what, two players. There's two players that have had 100 yards from scrimmage or a touchdown. Dalvin Cook. 
Seven games with over 100 yards from scrimmage. Seven games with a touchdown. This doesn't count the last um, game. It hasn't been updated just yet. Ezekiel Elliott. He's got five games with over 100 yards and six games with a touchdown. They they had their uh, bye week, so he's 100%. Um, David Johnson would have been on there uh, except for that one play where he played the first series and came out. But uh, the crazy thing is, you know, David Johnson, who from fantasy perspective has not paid off the four games that he started, um, he, has re- four, he got 100 yards or a touchdown in all of them. Uh, which is is frightening. Christian McCaffrey, who's the number one player in all of fantasy, he did have one game um, where he did not reach a hundred yards um, rushing, so or a hundred yards from scrimmage. Outside of that, it's Tampa Bay. It's so weird. For some reason, Christian McCaffrey is so special against everyone except for Tampa Bay. Todd Gurley, <laughs> who has missed a couple of games, and again, if they don't start, it doesn't fall under this category. But he has five games. With over with one touchdown or more, and one additional game with over a hundred yard scrimmage. Terrell Williams, who, when he's out there, man, this Oakland offense is firing on all cylinders, and when they get in the goal line, they're throwing the ball up. So he's at eighty three percent. Um, with one of those, he's got five games with a touchdown and one 100-yard game. Jamal Williams, 80% consistency, five touchdown games and one game with over 100 yards. on Johnson, he was at 80% uh, before he went to IR. Derek Henry, 78%. Kenny Galladay, 75%. Mari Cooper, 75 James Conner, 71 Adam Thielen, 71 And this is what I do. I- again, if you guys have followed us, especially me, I'm not a huge home run hitter. That's not what I want out of fantasy players. I don't like boom-bust guys. Guys like Mike Evans, who is amazing and the number two overall guy who I love. I would much rather prefer a Julio Jones. I would much rather prefer um, DeAndre Hopkins, guys like that, because of the consistency. I don't want somebody that's going to put a donut in my lineup whenever I just need 10 points. I want everybody contributing points. And these consistency rankings, these guys that I keep uh, rattling off, um, just a couple more um, numbers real quick. Chris Carson, 67% of the time he hits with a touchdown or 100-yard game. Aaron Jones, 67. Tyler Lockett, 67. Saquon, 67. David Montgomery, Chase Edmonds, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Josh Jacobs. These guys are all in that category. These are the players I want. Um, so what do we do with this information? Moving forward, trading deadlines are very soon. We're in week 10. Usually trading deadlines are week 12 or 13. You are now looking to where you are. So there's there's three categories of teams, okay? If you're in a redraft league, you're in the playoffs. You are trying to trade with middle-tier teams or teams that still have a chance. If, if a team's, you know, what, 2-8, and eight, they're done. They're done. They shouldn't be trading because there's no way they can win unless they want to play spoiler, whatever else. You are trying to capitalize on teams on the bubble. Now, if you're a bubble team, you got to get aggressive. You got to get aggressive. You got to roll the dice a little bit because it's not enough just to get into the playoffs. That shouldn't be your goal. You're overanalyzing. You're paying attention to playoff schedules. You're paying attention to where where are my weaknesses going to be once everybody comes back to health or from IR, things like that. You are digging deep. So try to pair that with if you got to overpay, you got to overpay. It's what it is. Go get these premier type players, the players that we talked about today that are in the top 10. If you have somebody like an Austin Eckler, go sell. You can still sell that player. People still want him, especially in full PPR, because he catches the ball so damn much. 
Trade him for somebody like an Aaron Jones. Trade him for somebody like, I don't want to say David Montgomery, but somebody like a Cooper Cup. Go get these types of guys, these types of players that are going to help you. So hopefully this helped a little bit. I just wanted to kind of step back and see. Gives us a little bit of a picture, almost if we were to redraft today, which players would be at the top. You know, we had the top 10 of each one of those four position groups. Doesn't mean those are the top guys left for the rest of the season. You've got to be able to find that and figure that out, and we're going to be here to help you with that. So, um, again, if you don't follow me, head over to Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. If you got any questions, please hit me hit me up. My DMs are always open. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Woo. Uh-huh. Eat Sleep Fantasy.